This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. Even when you're a woo 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 Welcome to the Woo Woo Verse. A deep dive into the world of energy, self and soul awakening. We are so pleased to have you here. Please come in and sit down and get comfortable because we are going to get a little magical. It's kind of what we do around these parts. Uh, my name is Kira Lee. And I'm Lynette. And we are your guides on this little adventure out into the edges of outer freaking space. We are both energy consultants and intuitives. Um, I've been working in the world of energy for a couple of years now. Um, and Lynette, you've been working with energy for like 20 years, right? Yeah. So my job is energy. You know, I see, hear, feel, read people's energies, energies of situations, groups, creative projects, and information comes through on that. So yeah, I've mapped a lot of energy mm. in my life. Yeah. And that's what we're getting into today, right? Mm. So this is our first episode of our podcast. We're beginning at the beginning. It's Energy 101. Um, and it's a big topic, but I'm just going to ask you the question anyway. Just energy, Lynette. Just like what is it? Like what's energy? Yeah, where do we start? Right. So the capacity of the power to do work is what science considers energy. If yep. it's going to create movement or activity. There are lots of different types of energy. Thermal energy, example. Kinetic um, energy. Yeah, kinetic it's my energy. my personal favourite. I think there's up to, <laughs> yep, got to choose your favourite. Yep, totally. I think there's up to 12, you know, types mm -hmm. of energy. But when we talk about metaphysical energy, we talk about the energy that is behind the physical world. We talk about the life force behind things. And it's a bit like, like an example we could give is almost like in the matrix, right? Where Neo can see the code running through the matrix and everybody else just sees what they see and he sees it as code. Yes. That's a bit like what you and I do. Yes. So that's sort of part of the dimension of an energy field would be the coding of it. Mm. The flow of frequency between things is really our concept of metaphysical energy. You know, in Star Wars, let's get there. It's let's the go force. It. It's yes. the energy field that created all living things. Yeah. It surrounds, it permeates, it's binding galaxies together. It's the concept that space is not just space. It's um, a quantum field that can be moved and directed and intensified through different frequencies and vibrations. And it's connection, right? Like it's this understanding that everything is connected. Like you said, there is no space. Nothing is empty. Everything is connected. Is it prana? Is it chi? Is it like, what about yes. these kind of names that we know? Is it reiki? Yes, these ancient concepts that um, people named to describe the flow of life force through all things. The 
next step to that is to name it as spiritual energy. So Which is the about difference, source, right? Yes. So there's a consciousness directing the flow behind it. And then it gets a bit tricky because you start looking at things like polarities, like light forces and dark forces mm. or positive forces and negative forces. And so energy is this massive concept and behind that has been a whole heap of science. So the New Age movement actually adopted its own laws of energy from the original laws of energy that were created. And so we kind of often work in places like laws of relativity and polarity and string theory and all all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this big it's this big concept, but it's also a very personal concept that we've all got some understanding of because we've all, it's vibration, right? We've all had this moment where we've walked into a room and we've just instantly known this is a bad place for me to be, or this is a very good place for me to be. Bad person, shouldn't talk to them. Good person, connect with them, right? It's the vibes of the whole thing. It is definitely the vibes <laughs> of the whole thing. And, in, and we can read and sense and interpret those vibes. Mm. And when we talk about energy, like our personal energy flow, there's also like this really kind of very personal, almost material way of looking at energy that is about our personal resources and how we distribute them. So you can say that on a personal level, energy is time, it is money, it's mental bandwidth, it's emotional Mm. labor, right? Mm. It's not just the things you can't see because it translates into the things you can see. And that's one of the things I find fascinating about my job. And it's one of the reasons why I work in energy is that when you move energy or you can direct it, essentially it can produce a different different physical outcome. Mm. It's very practical and it's very real world, even though it's the vibe and it's the, the life force. It's very practical, right? Absolutely. So if there is something creating disharmony, for example, in your energy field, so say they've done studies about the magnetics of the phone battery, lowering human resonance, Mm -hmm. and you sleep next to that battery and you, they measure you and it's not doing so well. Okay. That's not great for you. So then you move the phone battery away from you and then suddenly your resonance comes up. That's the concept that you can change the physical world to change your resonance in a Mm. really simplistic concept. Or you're feeling really tapped out. You're feeling really burnt out. You're feeling really exhausted. You take your shoes off and go for a walk through the forest and you just all of a sudden you're better and you're more energy, more clear. And when the resonance around you, for example, from the trees is uh, that higher frequency, it will outplay the resonance that you walked into the forest with. Mm. So I think they did this beautiful study and you'll find um, different meditation groups around at the moment using like where's one in my local town called Meditating with Baby Goats. Yes. (laughs) Totally full up, by the way. Can't even get a spot. Of course it is. It's Meditating with Baby Goats. It's genius. (laughs) So they did these studies around the purring of cats. This particular purr runs at this frequency that's lower than the ear can hear, but the body can feel. Mm. And as soon as you're in that vibration, it changes your harmonic as well. We need some kittens. (laughs) 
for this podcast. All of the kittens for this podcast. All those cat lovers out there are like, yeah, loving it. No. So, what do you see when you when you sit down with somebody when they're mm. um, and you and they don't sit down in front of you, right? Like you you read energy from a distance. As, well, they as used to. I. Yeah, I used to sit in front of everyone, and it actually got incredibly tiring and incredibly draining, as anyone in a field of work would tell you from sitting in front of so many people Mm. a day that actually has an interaction with your frequency Mm, as well because you go up when somebody up comes in and then you go down when somebody who's not such a great place comes in. So, yeah, now I read from a distance. And what do you see when somebody comes to you for a reading? How do you see their energy? Hey, Patty, can I get some illumination on this subject? So what I usually do is take people to the image of a really, really hot road. And you know how you get that vapour above the road? That is almost what it looks like to see an energy field around a living being. And within that energy, that energy has a weather map kind of inside it that I can see as somebody who is clairvoyant. So for me, I can see detailed information about where the energy is flowing, maybe where it's kinked, if it's getting to the earth. It literally looks like the lines of a weather map around somebody. Now, I believe that most people can see that initial vapour. So if you were to go outside and you were not a reader, but you were able to sit in front of a big tree and you were to adjust your focus long enough, you would start to see that beautiful energetic fuzz around a tree. And that's exactly what I'm seeing and reading every single day, but in more detail. And readers um, are seeing it and working out what's going on, almost like an X-ray machine. And healers are moving it and shifting it and guiding it and teaching you how to shift it and guide it. And I guess the interesting thing is that the more you read and the more you get to look at the energy field, you see things in greater detail and greater depth. You start to notice patterns. So after reading for 20 years, for example, someone sits straight down and I can immediately tell by the way the energy is flowing, how grounded they are or how present they are or whether they're in anxiety or whether they're in depression. The energy moves in different ways. Equally, I've started to be able to see really big differences in colours. So not just green, but dark green, light green, um, right through the spectrum. And we do talk about in my field entry points of energy. So over the energetic field is kind of a way that energy comes in from the universal source and also through to the physical body, the way it connects from the outer energetic field into the physical body um, is through these kind of funnels that come in at different entry points and we call those chakras. So it's very complex but it's very exciting and it is like you know, it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when you sit down and read somebody because everybody's energy field is their story, basically. That frequency is readable because of what the light and the sound and the energy is doing. So it looks like a big egg and that varies in shape and it varies in size. But it looks like an egg 
of frequency. Is that someone's people. aura? We call it an aura yeah, for yeah. sure. And what I like to say to people is it's your vapor trail, right? Because how can I read past, present and future through that energy? And then there are spaces within that egg. So there are layers. It starts with the physical layer around your body. And that's quite a structured layer. So I can sometimes tell if you're getting enough sleep or if your body is high in frequency. So you might drink a lot of water, for example, and I can tell that you're hydrated. Um, And then it moves out and it goes into um, a mental field. And that mental field is where all your thinking activity is. Now, for most people, that is in massive overdrive. Mm -hmm. And then there's all the emotional field and that is all soft and gooey and spongy and often full of dense feelings that are interacting with thoughts. And then there is the ethereal layer and the spiritual layer. Now, if somebody, for example, is... Um, asking and for a lot of support or love or energy into their energy field, I will see it in that outer layer. So it looks like a uh, a Fabergé egg, basically. I and love everyone that we are has... all just Fabergé eggs of information <laughs> walking yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. And that's the first thing I would see if somebody sat down and I was reading them. I would see the layers in there. And, egg. and so these layers of energy, like they, they, in yoga, they're called the, um, the koshas, right? There's this understanding mm-hmm. of the koshas, the different bodies. Um, the chakra system is something that has been mapped and, and known about for a very long time as well yeah. in the individual's energy system. And traditionally we consider that there's seven chakras, but when you start to work with energy and read energy a lot more, you realize, ah, there's a few extra in there. And I think again, that's gone up to 12 Um, in some of the more sacred texts. Um, There's the vortex at the top of the energy field that seems really important and it looks like a funnel that brings energy into the energy field. And then each chakra is like a funnel and vortex and energy comes in and out of that. And we might be able to put that up at the end in show notes as well. Yeah, in the show notes we'll put some pictures. Um, And they all have different colours and the colours have different frequencies and different resonance. But basically their job is to bring energy from the energetic world into the physical world through the body. And it comes like down through the head, through the body, through the feet and into the earth is the ideal flow, right? Yeah, and it's equally coming in from the sides through each chakra. The one I found so interesting, and this is when I knew I was reading energy and not just hadn't seen it in a book, is every time I'd looked at chakras in a book, the base chakra was facing out like a red like a red little circle with a flower in it and it was facing out the front over the person's or the shape's genitals. But when I started reading people, I was like, oh, I keep seeing the base chakra like a big circle over the hips that runs down out into the earth through the legs. And I thought, I must be getting it wrong. And then I realised over time, oh, no, it's been drawn in a way to show and demonstrate that there is that last chakra down the bottom. But actually they just couldn't demonstrate on a 2D drawing or a one-dimensional drawing Mm. how it was going out through the legs like a big 
light. Kind of like a witch's hat or something as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so if we're talking about our, our energy system, our individual personal Fabergé egg of an energy system, what causes blockages? Like we talk about being in flow, we talk about being mm. blocked. What is in flow? What is blocked? How does that work? Again, how do you just, know when you're blocked? Right. Yeah. Well, people will sit down. I mean, a lot of people come to me to figure out where they're blocked mm. or they can tell me that they're blocked and they think they know why, but they want to ask whether or not that's actually what's happening. I guess we need to go back to the fact that the breath is the connection with all of this system. So if you're breathing, then your chakras are cleaning like air filters. If you're... Um, able to calmly breathe, like especially through what we call the vagus nerve, which is connected to the diaphragm, then basically you're sending a beautiful signal out into your nervous system that everything is fine. If that all gets a bit mixed up, which it does, if you've ever been in trauma or in shock, immediately your body will lock down in its nervous system, pull the vagus nerve up, diaphragm starts hyperventilating and your whole body goes into like a restricted shock state and then that sends ripples out into that energy field. So the blocks come from having an intense physical, mental, emotional reaction to something that ricochets into the energy field. And then what we say in energy healing and medicine is let's go into the energy field. Let's try and see if we can work with the body, mind and spirit to move that back through and get a new reset. Because it could be something that happened a very long time ago as well. It's not like it just, I had a shock five minutes ago and it's in my energy system, but then I've moved past it. It could be something traumatic happened to me in childhood or adulthood and I'm still carrying it with me in my energy system. I haven't resolved it yet. I haven't cleared it, cleared it, healed it. Yes. So we, as energy readers, can see in the different lines within that Fabergé egg. For example, I might say to you, oh, there's something sitting in the mental field and it's sitting out at around the age of, and I can use my eye timeline, around five. And could you share with me something that was going on that might have been mentally difficult for you around five? And you might say, oh, that's when I started school and they started presenting me this, all this information, I was confused. And so then we go back and sometimes just by talking about that, you will have an emotional release, might have a cry, a breathe, a bit more of a deep breathe and it'll all start moving around. Sometimes it's more complicated than that. Yeah, how do we heal our blockages? Right, because I feel like people who come yeah. to me as well, that's what people are seeking healing. They're seeking clarity. They're seeking the ability to move on, to not just have things left as they are, to be able to like, it's kind. It's about yeah. moving, moving on yeah. within themselves, having their energy move again. How do we heal our blockages? Well, one of the things that I'm really big on is that intuitive awareness needs to come alongside personal awareness, healing and development. It's deep work, right? Yeah. And it really, if anyone's just teaching you to be more clairvoyant, more psychic, more intuitive, and it's not structured within cradling your personal awareness and development of who you are, where you've been, what's been going on and where you're going, then I would say it's a little bit out of balance. To heal ourselves, we need awareness. We need to sit with who we are, ourselves, our story. I often get my clients to do a timeline and go through with their coloured markers and mark out where the big moments were in their life, the joys, 
the shocks, the traumas, the changes, you know, when they broke their arm. And more importantly, did they get the support and the love and the energy they needed? What kind of environment did they grow up in? That is really where I always start. And it's stepping back, isn't it? And taking this big view of of your life rather than just here I am right now, this is what I'm feeling. And it's lovely to be present and in the moment, but occasionally you do need to step back and go, oh, now I look at it from the bird's eye view and I see the connection. Yes, Kelly, that's right. And the reason that's so important is that then when you see or feel where the energy is stuck, That's when you would go to see somebody and go, hey, are you able and do you understand this? Or is there a way I can be taught to move this? Now, obviously, yoga in its original tradition was designed to keep moving these energy through the chakras. So you've probably been in, and I know this is the way you used to conduct your yoga classes. Let's move the energy of anger out of our body through yoga. Slowly, the new age movement is starting to catch up with the fact that, you know, you can't just go and do one chiropractic session or one osteo session or an acupuncture session on deep bedded anger. It's not going to mean that your whole life is transformed. This is work and it's process work. And one of the things I'm a big believer in is that it has to go through awareness, the mind. It needs to go through the emotional system. So you have to be able to feel it. I have a bumper sticker that says, if you can feel it, you can heal it. And then it has to go through the body. It has to move through the mind, the energy, the emotion and the body. And that's what deep healing is. Like, especially in this world that we live in where maybe somebody will try and sell you something that they'll buy this and it'll sort your problems out. But that's not how healing actually works, is it? And it's got to go through all the layers of the energetic system. Yes. And I only worked this out when I was working on my own trauma and had spent so much money going to things. And the interesting thing about being able to map your own energy field is I'd be going through something. I'd go to see someone and go, great. Oh, we've moved it. Next day, next two days, three days, I'd get up and go, oh, kind of back again or moved over but not gone why is it not gone and it wasn't until I started working with my energy field that I started to realize oh it's only if I kind of do a full wash cycle Mm. and actually become very clear about it feel it move the energy and then reset my system and my body that I'm like, wow, I have actually made progress. And that process, some of the stuff, again, healing my own traumas, that's years worth of work. That's not one day workshop, unfortunately. It'd be really nice if it was. It can be a good beginning, but it takes time, right? Time and and effort. Yeah, and it takes practitioners who want to work together. Mm -hmm. So a practitioner that favours and specialises in awareness and processing and the mind working with a practitioner that is able to emotionally process that maybe somatic healing or breath work and then something like a beautiful, deep, strong masseuse who actually understands what it's like to get trauma out through the body. Once you move through those layers, it's amazing. The reset, the realignment that happens. And when we talk about energy, we always talk about alignment. Mm. Does, what, what does that not mean? Not perfection. Yeah. It's about right? realignment. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not that thing as well. Like, um, that if you get in touch with your energy system, all of a sudden everything is just magical and you're a Disney princess and there's birds landing on your shoulders and butterflies walking alongside you and you've got the perfect relationship and a million dollars. 
it's not actually how it works. There is something that in the Celestine prophecy they talk about and it is true. There is something called beginner's luck. And it's, it's the concept that when you first start to wake up to the fact that there's energy in the world, we're not just physical, when you start to look for the buzz of energy between things that comes off plants, that's in the sky, you know, it's those tingling dots, something happens, the whole world becomes alive, you light up, everything does feel like wow, suddenly I'm speaking and talking to everything and I know you had this experience, right? I did too. Then what happens is a lot of people come back to me and go, right, okay, it's not moving as quickly as it used to. Welcome to the stage two of development when you're working with your energy field and that is going into true awareness. So it's just like the matrix where he has to realise he's not in the physical world anymore there is a whole code behind everything and he has to learn how to use it and make it work for him yeah and part of it is as well that like you do you know and I've experienced this myself get in touch with my energy system do my clearing do my cleansing connect oh my god it's all so amazing and then but then the real world breaks in as well then I also have to go and stand in line for four hours waiting for that thing and I hate standing in line and I want to lose my mind it's like we live in the material world. We don't live in a cave. We have jobs and partners and um, people who annoy us on the street and children who d- I don't have enough sleep and have too much sugar and and we are living in this world, right? <laughs> exactly. And that is the challenge. We are not yogis living on a mountain. And I remember when I was about 21, 22 and I was suffering some horrendous experience that you do at 21, 22. They're the worst kind of experiences. Yeah. Probably I broke up with somebody and my teacher, I was like, that's it. I'm going to India and I'm, and he just said, I don't think that's why. <laughs> I don't think that's wise. You're only going to have to come back to learn how to do your laundry and, you know, balance all this out eventually you can, do you want to take six months off or do you just want to jump into it now? And I think that's the hard part. And throughout my life, we have even had moments like that, my partner and I, where we're like, yeah, we are yogaring on Saturday mornings. We're juicing every morning. We've got, we've got this, you know. And then you have three children and suddenly you realise I have to find a whole new Zen alignment with my new being, my new awareness, my new the new things that are pushing on my energy field and nothing has pushed on my energy field like having my children. It's one of my favorite kind of, it's like a cosmic joke, but it's so true is that like, if you really think that you've reached this level of spiritual awareness or you did the workshop and it feels really good and you're like killing it in yoga and you're like, I've got this yet, go spend some time with your family. Just go home for Christmas and then we'll see just how far you've come. And for me personally, I always- Usually it's about three days. Yeah. The energy field will hold. Yeah. And you're 13 again and you're throwing a tantrum, right? And and it's real. It's, It's true. That's why it's so funny. And your chakras and energy field are interacting with their chakras. And as much as you changed your energy field, after about three days, guess what? If there's four of them in the old pattern and you rock in with all your beautiful Vedic alignment, it's very possible that after day four, you're crying in the bathroom floor. Back to square one. to book your train ticket out of there. Get out of there immediately. Relax your muscles and take deep breaths.
Um, so that's a really good point. Often we are in these cases where we've done the work, but maybe our family hasn't been able to do the work or they just have different interests to us. They're not even kind our of... Our partners. It yeah. can be actually... In that partnership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there can be, like there is, and we've all seen this happen. I can fully admit that I've been through it myself as well, that you do a little bit of work and you get that spiritual connection and you get that energetic connection and you're like, I am hot shit. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm amazing. I'm so much better than everybody else. The ego comes into it, right? Yeah. And so how do you manage that? Like not feeling superior, bringing compassion and understanding in as well to your energetic journey and your energetic connections to people? Luckily, I think there's an inherent and built-in experience within Chakrik Awakening that brings you to that feeling that all is one, Mm. you know, and that my awareness doesn't take away from anyone else's journey. And actually, Carolyn Meese beautifully talks about the fact that if you have the awareness, then it's actually your job to make sure that everything runs smoothly. It's not other people's job to come up and alter themselves. And if you're doing your energetic job properly, your resonance should affect their resonance and encourage them to be more um, vibrationally open. It doesn't always happen, but you might be able to hold yourself in such alignment that you say, it's been a great three days. What a wonderful Christmas. Um, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit like this is, might be done and I've got to move on. I've had a call from somebody and I'm, I'm going to head out tomorrow morning. Would we like to have one last dinner? And rather than needing to process the energy and the emotion with those poor people who probably have no idea that they moved the salt and pepper shaker in a way that traumatized you and took you back to 1975, that you leave them with a sense of peace and love. And then you get on your train and you go and you book your appointment or go to a yoga class and say, Hey, I had a really big reaction to salt and pepper shaker on day two. And I wonder what that's about. And that's going back into chakra awareness, which I know we will cover But it's the fact that each chakra represents something different. So the base chakra is connected to like the family framework and the physical world framework. So is that in balance? The navel chakra is how you relate to the rest of the world, sex, money, love. The third chakra is power, sense of self, heart chakra. And you know you're in your heart chakra because you feel a sense of compassion. And you stop trying to change people, right? Like I think for me, I I know that it's through the journey of the ego to the heart that I was all like, I'm hot shit. Oh my God, I've got it together and you haven't and I'm better. And And I was stuck there for a little while expecting the people around me to change. And I thought I'd made progress, but I hadn't. And when I realized that I'd really made progress is when I stopped trying to change everybody. I took responsibility for my own shit. I let people have their shit and I just... Start Not that I'm perfect at this in any way, shape or form, but I'm so much better at just going, this is you and this is me. And let I me let you, take care I of I take me. me, you take you. Yeah. Let's like, yeah. Yeah. And you know you're there because the throat chakra wants to have the last say when it's not in heart chakra awareness. It's. I've certainly the, become more quiet. The quiet. I talk the less. The quietness is part of the mm. agreement of that mastery. And it's a wise man once said nothing. And yeah. not to harm others, but to say, don't see the good of having this conversation with you before I've processed it with myself. Now, if you go and process it with yourself and say, 
I really need, and I know that we've both done this, to go and speak to that person about what I've realized since I processed something. But you don't want to win. And it's like standing in your own personal power, right? You don't become a doormat. You're still very strong, but you also don't need to answer back to that person necessarily. And if you do, it's in a very clear, measured way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in an aware way. So with energy, we are all learning in this level of evolution. So many lessons. How to how to how to manage ourselves and the energy within ourselves, which you know, really is a full-time job. You don't really have time to manage other people. And if you've got children or those that you're taking care of, you're probably trying to manage that on some level until they're capable themselves. We are all trying to learn how to manage that with others Mm. and to have those boundaries but to stay open and flowing. And we really are trying to learn to have a relationship with something even bigger than that. So, you know, we, we've got to cut ourselves a little bit of slack. We're, I think in terms of us learning about energy, it's now a natural part of our language. And I think we are starting to get to a point where people can say, I am aware when my energy is in balance and out of balance. Mm. And I think it's coming more into our dialogue about what we need to do to try and stop creating conflict ripples. Mm. And what it looks like and what it doesn't look like. I think when I started on this journey, I really thought, okay, so if you've got, Mm. if you're making spiritual strides, if you've got your energy system sorted, if you're connected to source, if you're doing it all, yeah, everything just looks amazing and it's all just perfect. And like I came up in the yoga world and I was such a judgy bitch because if I saw a famous yoga teacher who say got divorced or her empire fell apart, I'd be like, well, you've obviously been doing it wrong and the more you get in it you realize that actually if if things are falling apart they're falling into place right if it's blowing up you're probably doing it right there is absolutely a rebirth process Mm. as you move between each parts of your energy field up the chakras you're probably going to have some kind of shift or change in your physical world. I so really like it, the way you can say it as well in that you kind of go, oh, I got to the top of the mountain. Go me. Look at me at the top. The view's amazing. Oh, what's that behind me? Uh, more mountain. Cool. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of this new age world can sell you an entry point into, hey, do you want to get everything you want? Mm. It's just because you don't understand what's happening with your energy. And that's not true. It's not how it works. It's not true. You will feel stronger, clearer, more aware, more aligned, more personally connected, more joyful. Um, I can't guarantee that it's going to bring you the car that you want. I mean, I believe you can magnetise towards you the capacity to bring anything that you want. But I don't think we should be selling anyone um, the concept that it's about stuff. Because it's not about stuff. This is about awakening and awareness. It's about alignment and authenticity. And I feel like it's really important to remember that the energy world interacts with the material world, right? You can't just totally go off and be in the energy world and think that you can miraculously make things happen. You've got to bring it into the real world. And some people do for a while. They go off and the whole world is energy and everything is energy and and then I think but the reality like- is that it, it has to meet with the physical world, right? It has to the, – the power in this is to know that the, the world is energy and that 
it has to be manifested through us into the physical world. So if, if we go back to the scientific definition of energy, it's action. And action work. Is it has to be yeah. workable. So if you're doing all these rituals in your house about soulmating and connecting to soulmates and wanting to find love, but you never leave your apartment, you don't date, you don't open to meeting new people, you're not doing things you love where there are new connections and new opportunities, then you're spending a lot of time building this energy up in the energy world, but obviously have a blockage of it reconnecting with you in the physical world. So it has to be back balanced. Have it's, you heard that great joke about the woman who's really poor and she needs money? So she goes to the statue of the Virgin Mary and she prays, please let me win lotto. And she does this for 30, 40, 50 years. She's praying every day, let me win lotto. And then finally, 50 years later, the statue of Mother Mary comes alive and looks down at her and says, buy a ticket. You have to buy a ticket. <laughs> and we do like, it's funny for a reason, right? Sometimes we do get stuck in the energy realm and not go, oh, but am I actually opening the door and looking for my soulmate outside my house or am I just sitting here praying for it? And it's important then that we become, and this is the word, mindful of what we're doing and mm. what our energy is being put into in this experience because I think for sure um, one of the things I love that my teacher taught me was open three doors. So, you know, if you're going to pray about something or manifest something or do a ritual on it, then get into physical world and act and do three things that could change something and then wait to see where the flow is yeah, or the yeah. charm is and then follow that, not just sitting still and expecting that the whole world's going to change because... Oh, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? But not quite how it works. Well, that's called a miracle and they do happen. And they do. They do happen and usually at very things, important though. moments when you most need them. But most of this beginning phase of learning to manifest with energy is our playground in learning to remember, intend and then act. It comes down to that stuff where energy, even energy, has been branded. Mm. You know, like it's now that typical energy person who's glowing from the outside oh, just, and, just. you know, perfect yoga physique and all of that stuff. And actually some of the most perfectly and beautiful, and I use the word perfectly and I should probably choose a different word, wonderfully aligned people I read would never be seen photographed like that. They are just flowing and awake and open and alive and vibrating in a frequency of goodness and love and light. Yeah. And there are no shortcuts, right? You can't just buy a crystal and shove it up your clacker and have all of your sexual problems solved. Again, like we said earlier, it's got to go. It's the hard if work. If somebody is selling you a quick fix with your energy they are that you must steer away because energy is yours to learn how to manage and master in this lifetime. It is part of our gift of consciousness and it's our job. I believe it's the job that runs behind everything. And yes, the more you do it, I believe the happier you are. I was a very, very traumatized 20 year old. I had lots of energy, lots of visions of energy but I had no idea how to balance it, harmonize it, ground it and align it. As soon as I learned to do that, a lot of the stuff that I had been trying to work on fell away. Yeah. 
And and I spent my 20s raving. Yeah. Like I tried the shortcuts, <laughs> right? Like I, the first time I ever saw God was on the dance floor. We've all seen God on a dance floor. God is a DJ. Yes, we have been there. <laughs> and that like was good until it wasn't because it's like, it's you know, Tuesdays are terrible. Sure, you saw God on the dance floor on Friday night and, you know, suicide Tuesday. <laughs> By Tuesday, yeah. Right? So... Yeah, like so some of people do come into this world because they've hit rock bottom or they've tried the path of excess and they've tried to get there so many different ways and it doesn't stick. This is all about finding the way that sticks and is sustainable and personal when, and When people come to me and it's interesting if they've come from addiction and gone into a recovery model mm. because recovery models really try to hook you back up with the basics of how to get life back into an alignment. So I can't speak more highly of the recovery 12, uh, seven, 12 step process. Pretty yeah. sure it's 12. 12 step. And that process is amazing because most people that have done that, that when they step into this, they just get it. The raving culture is so interesting because I always look at that culture and think, yeah, it's the way that people are trying to connect with all these different frequencies inside themselves and that greater force yeah. that is feeling like a love or a high, the which joy. comes naturally once this energy system is flowing. Yeah. So we, we so deeply in this world of energy um, and kind of, we are trippers, but mm. we're practical bitches mm. as well. <laughs> so at the end of every episode, we're going to give you a little universal treasure chest where we give you some really practical tools and techniques that you can mm. use to um, connect with your energy system, clean your energy system. Um, today, we're going to be talking about breathing, the 478 mm. breathing. Let's, before we get to that, let's talk about the power of the breath again. Breath is considered life force. I mean, you stop breathing, that's pretty much it done. When you restrict your breathing, you're restricting your nervous system, you're restricting the flow of life into your body, but it affects the energy field. And one of the things I always start with is, are you breathing? Can you check in through the day and say, oops, I'm breathing more in than I'm breathing out? Oh, I just sighed really. Whenever I'm Not around that person, sigh. I just can't stop sighing. Even just like lying down and having a good sigh makes me feel yeah. about 80% less bitch, quite <laughs> frankly. Really helps. Um, so the, the breath, I think, is the one big starting point. If you can just start noticing your breathing, connecting with your breathing, and the 478 technique is amazing. It's scientifically proven to calm all the nervous system and the brain down if you have trouble sleeping. Especially if you've got those thoughts oh. going through your head. Um, that are keeping you awake, then then 478 is, is a godsend. Um, I think one of the things that's really great about breath as well is that we all have it, right? We all have it. We all have access to it. And it's, it's the one free. thing you can't forget. It's free. We're so excited to to um, invite you into our universal treasure chest to access the 478 breathing and the body scan. Um, it's also really interesting, Kelly, because breath's been so... Oh, you know, other things have taken over from it. Let's do this. Let's add this in and, you know, Fitbits and things like that. But I think the simple things in life are actually the things that work when it comes to energy. And so many of the things that you, because you, as my teacher, right, that you've given me over time, I've been a bit skeptical. I've been like, that's a bit simple. It's too actually. simple, right? Too simple. So Even I when I channeled it. it, I was like, these and are then, all the simple things, people. They're not very dazzling. And you said it really nicely one day. You're like, Curly, just remember that Jesus rode in on a, um, a, donkey. a donkey. It wasn't a Lamborghini. I can't take um, – that's Carolyn Meese. She actually taught me that. And, Thanks, Caroline. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> we're so and then ex- I passed it on to you. We're so excited to go deeper into the energy system because this really, this is our birthright, isn't it? Like yeah. as every human being, a knowledge and understanding and connection to our energy system is our birthright. Uh, uh, with the next generation, like with my kids, I don't want them to have to discover this at 20. Mm. I want them to know it from the minute. They walk around with consciousness that they have energy, that they have the right to move it and direct it and rebalance it and heal with it and that they can and that we have some knowledge of what to do with it and here's where to start. I'm sure they're going to go on and blow our minds with what they discover that next generation. Um, But, yeah, we do know some stuff about this gooey stuff that lives around us and in the other sort of 4D dimension and let's get connected to it. Yeah, we're so excited to help you um, to help you travel through your energy system and connect to your energy system. We're going to put all these notes up mm. on the show notes. So diagrams, more information to help you kind of play along at home, follow along at home and um, stick around. The Universal Treasure Chest is up next. And enjoy riding the Ferrari of your energy, but just don't forget to start in first gear. First gear, babe. Yes. First gear. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Woo Verse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you or if there's any extra work you've realised you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Woo Verse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you.